Hey, what's up everybody? This is Life Coach D coming at you with the Live Series. And today's particular episode is titled, Does Religion, Relationship with God, Christianity, or All of the Above Have a Color That Looks or Resembles Whiteness? Stay tuned. So as I embark upon this particular podcast, I want everybody to know that I give a lot of credit to Fred Price Jr. out of Crenshaw Christian Center in Los Angeles, California. He is the son of Dr. Frederick Casey Price, may he rest in peace, who did a series in 1996 called Race, Religion, and Racism. We fast forward to 2021, and his son has started a series called Race, Division, and Racism, where he's tackling the same exact issues as it pertains to ignorance, as it pertains to scriptures being misunderstood, interpreted and preached from a white perspective or from a white colonial conservative Americanized version of the Bible and not truth and so as we embark upon this episode just know there will be many quotes and excerpts from his sermons that I will use to highlight some of the very real issues that we still have that consist not only in the church today but in our world specifically in America stay tuned Simeon, Simeon, who was called Niger, and Simeon has the same name as the second son of Jacob, in which there's a tribe that descended from him, and this Simeon was the Hebrew man, and his name was Black. Simeon, the Hebrew, was called Black. It's the same as Cush. The Bible says the sons of Ham were Cush. What does Cush mean? Black. It says the sons of Ham were black. Ham's first son was black. And then these were black's brothers. Egypt was black's brother. Libya was black's brother. Simeon, who was called Niger, Niger means black. (gasps) You mean to tell me that God had the audacity to ordain and authorize a Hebrew man, black as midnight, to be a prophet or teacher in the church of Yeshua. Are you for real? That's what the Bible says. Can you see how many people over the course of time, have been bamboozled. Think about it. So many people thought this was a white book talking about a white Messiah. And where did that come from? It came from white supremacy. This is is where it came from, and it's unfortunate. When I think of, I think of someone as brilliant as Malcolm X. This is this is this is what I learned about Malcolm X when I was in college for three and a half minutes. When I think of I think of someone as brilliant as Malcolm X. This is this is this is what I learned about Malcolm X when I was in college for three and a half minutes. I learned in one of my black history classes from the teacher. His dude was militant. He said, Malcolm X only had an eighth grade education. 
And Malcolm X had ideas that were far ahead of his time. Eighth grade education. Now, you all may remember that before he was Malcolm X, he was Detroit Red. But when he's incarcerated, he encounters the nation of Islam. And you know what the nation of Islam tells him? Everything white is evil. Now, see, that's the extreme that we go to. Don't we just love being extremists? Got to go from one extreme to the other. It's like, where is the balance? We know all whites are not evil. We know that. You heard of abolitionists? We're going to talk about the white heroes present during slavery, aiding the fight, fighting with a Harriet Tubman and a Frederick Douglass. So we know. But that's what he was taught. Everything white is evil. That church that you used to go to, they're preaching about a white Jesus. And the preaching's coming out of that white book called the Bible. Malcolm X, as brilliant as he was early on in his early stages of being with the nation of Islam, Malcolm X even taught that this was the white man's book preaching about a white man's Jesus. As intelligent as he was. See, he had been fed a lie. You can't read this book and get that out of it. You can't. Simeon, who was called Niger. Look at the genealogy of our Messiah. It's filled with a whole lot of complexions. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality. Niger. Niger. There's the Niger River, a river in northwestern Africa that rises on the northeastern border of Sierra Leone. I got a little Sierra Leone in me. And flows northeast and then southeast in a great arc for 2,550 miles to Mali and through western Niger and Nigeria. Any Nigerians in the building? before turning south into the, into the Gulf of Guinea. It's the Niger River, a river in northwestern Africa. Niger's also a landlocked country in West Africa on the southern edge of the Sahara. The population in 2015 was estimated to be 19,900,000. Numerous languages uh, are spoken there. But Africa, if, if I want to go to Niger, I've got to go to the continent that we call Africa. And once again, this is, this, this is very specific. Simeon, who was called Niger. It, it's like, it's like uh, uh, we read it in the Old Testament. We read it in the Psalms. The other place, I'm not, I don't know if it's Judges or First Samuel, but we read about a Cush and we read about um, a Sheba, a Cush and a Sheba, two Hebrew boys that come out of the tribe of Benjamin. So we see it woven through the fabric of Scripture. plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. 
Now, going back to what we open with following our review. We have a nation. 200. Going on 241 years. Right, 1776 to 2021, that, that'd be 241, right? 200 and, or, yeah, no, 45, 45, 245, maybe going, yeah, 245. 245 years since independence was declared. How come slaves weren't emancipated until 1862? then even in 1862, immediately were blacks treated as equals? No. It took a long time to barely be considered equals. And then, if we were doing any little thing for ourselves, far be it that in 1921 in a place called Greenwood in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that we'd have a black Wall Street. A black, in 1921, a black neighborhood of affluence, but what did they do? Killed over 300 people. Burned the town down. They even went to bombing. You bombed the town? It was that serious? Some would say we've come a long way. I think we've come a little way and still have a long way to go. And I'm going to be honest. I don't want to sound like the harbinger of doom, but outside of the kingdom of God, I... family, what do we, ex what do we, ex what, what kind of change do you actually expect? Let's not even limit it to, to, to just racism or ethnic prejudice. Any depraved act, any sin, any ill will always be here as long as the devil runs the world system. This is why Jesus said this in John 14, 30. He was very specific. He said, the ruler of this world is coming, but he has nothing in me. Out of Florida, Washington Post reports federal judge halts black farmers debt relief program in new legal blow. Federal judge halts black farmers debt relief program in new legal blow. An estimated $4 billion of the American Rescue Plan hang in the balance slated to restore land and economic stability to black farmers who were victims of discrimination. We're going to talk about this. So very recently, under the America's Rescue Plan, there were millions of dollars allotted to black farmers, really as a form of restitution for the countless amount of generational wealth that was lost because of white supremacy in this country. And so this article that was being read by Michael M. Hotep basically was a ruling out of Florida and a judge says, no, you're not going to come and give black farmers anything. And so he halted it in the state of Florida. Once again, this is just a gross misrepresentation of those who are in power 
but also continue the legacy of white supremacy and systemic racism in this country. But he was very clear that that while his or the Bible is very clear that while his death destroyed the power of the adversary, it didn't do away with them. He's still running amok and his systems and his agendas are being spread throughout the world. And when we fight against, see, see, believers need to fight against the world system from trying to infringe and breach the church. That's when we fight. Oh, you want to bring your agenda into the church? That's when we fight. But if you want to keep your agenda out there, then so be it, because it's the devil system. So there's only so far you're going to get. That's not that's not hopelessness. Where you fight, you fight racism in the church because that's where it's not supposed to be. We make it our aim to kick racism out of the church, but in the world, it's going to be there. Why? Because the world is sick. What, 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 what did, when, we're, when we're receiving communion, what does Paul say? 1 Corinthians eleven thirty one. For if we would judge ourselves, we wouldn't be judged. But when we are judged, it's the what? It's the chastening of the Lord so that we may not be condemned with the world. We are not the world, family. At this juncture, I think it's very important to interject here and give you examples of racism in the church. Is masked as whiteness, is masked as Christianity, is masked as this white Jesus concept, and really it's masked also in conservatism. And it's creeped over in the church and people have made it okay. Even politically, politics should not be in the church, but it's creeped in and it's creeped in under the masquerade of whiteness. And now it's being exposed on multiple levels. The voting booth. And in fact, uh, Pastor Rudy McKissick um, posted this video on his Instagram page. And I, and I just found it to be very interesting. Okay. Um, it, Reverend Barber, to, to listen to the reaction of white evangelicals to Biden-Harris winning. Father, we, we praise you tonight. We humble ourselves tonight, Lord God. We ask you in Jesus' name, Father, that you'd forgive us as a people. Almighty God, please. God, you are pro-life. And one man is, and one man is not. Would you be pro-life for us, Jesus? Lord, one man is for Israel, one is not. You are for Israel. Lord, one man is for our military and our police, and the other is not. You are. What will we decide? What message will we send you, Jesus? Forgive us as a people. We have slept. Uh, Reverend Barber, I can't play all that. Here's, here's, here's what I just heard, Reverend Barber. He mentions pro-life. Right. He mentions the military and law enforcement. He mentions Israel. He does not mention the Palestinian people. 
He does not mention the fact, Reverend Barbara, that Joe Biden got more military votes in these key states than Donald Trump did. Absolutely. He, to, to Jamal's point, he ain't talking about the issue of uh, uh, the death penalty uh, of folks who've been shot by cops. And he shoo his head and all that crying and whining uh, did not say nothing about the poor, Reverend Barbara. Well, you're exactly right. And he, he got the repentance part right. <laughs> but he's doing the wrong repentance. Uh, if you go down the list of things Jesus listed in Luke 418 and in Matthew 25, he didn't bring any of that. He didn't bring any of the Beatitudes. Now, it is important, uh, Roland, that, I, that I, I think when we talk about these evangelicals, first of all, when you look at biblical evangelicals, the ab white abolitionists were evangelicals. The social gospel movement was evangelical. The, the evangelicals we have today, they stole the term. They hijacked it uh, during the time that many of them were, and it actually started before the civil rights movement. It started during the New Deal, and there's a book on this called The Purchasing of the American Pulpit by Kevin Cruz out of Princeton. And they actually, the corporate business world, the Chamber of Commerce, decided that they did not have the ability to shape the moral consciousness. They were upset that the social gospel was so deep in the churches and they gave a man out of um, California some money, big money, and his job was to purchase the American pulpit. And inside of 10 years, he had a few years, he had something like 19,000. And if you trace from there to the moral majority, to the so-called religious right, they all flow out of there. That's one thing you ought to understand about this. Secondly, you know, my dear friend Jonathan Hartgrove grew up in white evangelicalism, and he's now writing some of the strongest books against it and standing against it. Young people are leaving them in droves. They don't like to talk about it, but if you read some of the other, if they're leaving them. There's a whole group of Christians now called Red Letter Christians who have left this so-called white evangelicalism. They work with us in the Poor People's Campaign. They just moved on. But then there's another dynamic, Doc, and that is, you know, a lot of black ministers supported Trump, so not Trump, supported Reagan and Bush. They supported the governor out of Ohio, Kasich. And when you look at their policies, the only difference between them is Trump is Trump's craziness. And that's something we're going to have to have a discussion about. Once again, even as I've emphasized before, and I'm doing also in this podcast, this is not the gospel. This is propaganda. This is misconstrued understanding of what real relationship with God looks like, and this is a joke. We break and divide every demonic confederacy against the election, against America, against that who you have declared to be in the White House. We break it up in the name of Jesus. We lose confusion into every demonic confederacy directed right now at this election, directed specifically at the six states. We come against people that are working in high levels right now with demonic confederacies and secrecies and demonic plans and networks. We break it up and we command that it be exposed right now. In the name of Jesus, strike and strike. For angels have even been dispatched from Africa right now. Africa right now. Africa right now. From Africa right now. They're coming here. They're coming here. In the name of Jesus from South America. They're coming here. They're coming here. They're coming here. They're coming here. From Africa. From South America. 
angelic forces, angelic reinforcement, angelic reinforcement, angelic reinforcement. Vika hata anda ata oro bata rata ande eke eke manda rasata. For I hear the sound of victory. 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 So I utilized this particular segment before and the trickery of whiteness and how it appears. If you catch this particular well-known person is praying to black country slash angels. What in the world is that? She's not calling on the angels from Europe or New Zealand or Australia, but specifically from South America and from Africa. This is the okie doke at its best. People catch what's going on. This is whiteness trying to act like its relationship with God or religion, but it's whiteness in full effect. Don't get caught slipping. This next particular excerpt speaks specifically to what Dr. William Barber spoke earlier about the pulpit being purchased and over 19,000 white evangelical churches buying into it. And this is a perfect example of it. Why is this being preached and taught about in the pulpit? Constitutionally, it's very clear there's a separation of church and state, or at least there should be a separation of church and state. But once again, listen to this propaganda, joking, laughing. This is all trickery and God is not a part of any of this. The media said what? <laughs> the media said Joe Biden's president. Finally, I give you one more person and I ask the question once again, what in the world does this have to do with church? Encouragement, motivation, people growing in their relationship with the creator. Instead, it's been infiltrated. It's been bought FBI faith based initiatives under George Bush, who bought the pulpits, who bought the silence of the church. So instead of preaching a gospel that frees people. There are messages that are being taught that are completely misconstrued. So these messages that are being conveyed from very well-known influential people who claim to be representing the creator of the universe, the one who has no respect to persons, the one who does not see color, the one who created one race of people, and that's the human race. They're now taking their agendas, they're taking their perspectives they're mixing politics and the church and they're blending it up and in the name of their god not the one i know but in the name of their god they're trying to convince people that god cares about politics and all the things that are going on when he really does not so it's very important that we listen with a very clear ear so that we make very specific and pointed decisions 
that are not tainted with any type of motivation that is counterintuitive to God's plan for his people. So thank you for those of you who have been able to endure this entire podcast and you did so to the end. Here's some bonus information of sorts. So there are influencers in the black community um, in the arena of radio and television. And I mean, now at this point, podcasts and YouTubes and, 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 and pretty much the people that I'm about to mention, you can find them all over YouTube. So here is a wealth of information that I'm going to give to you that you can tap into if you want to expand your knowledge, know-how, and understanding. Even people who are listening that are not of people of color or African-American descent, you can benefit if you want to grow from these individuals. I would be remiss not to mention first and foremost, Dr. Claude Anderson. Dr. Claude Anderson is a person who I quoted throughout my first book called The Mentality of Man from an African-American Perspective. He is an author. He's the author of uh, The Powernomics Pack. He can be located and found on YouTube as well as the Harvest Institute. The next person I want to shoot out is Dr. Boyce Watkins. Dr. Boyce Watkins can also be found on YouTube. He also can be found on uh, Dr. Boyce Watkins TV. He is a black economist. He, he puts a huge emphasis on educating African-Americans on wealth and uh, financial uh, prosperity legacy. And he's a huge proponent for teaching young people how to become entrepreneurs at a very young, uh, excuse me, at a very early age. Next, this guy's from my home area. He's out of Detroit with a nationally syndicated radio station. His name is Michael M. Hotep. He also can be heard on Roland Martin's um, Unfiltered on Fridays each week. Michael M. Hotep can be also found on YouTube and you can look him up. He's a historian. He has a wealth of information out there. Next is Roland Martin, as I just mentioned, Roland Martin Unfiltered. He also can be found on YouTube. Roland is bold. He's brassy, but he is a wealth of information as well. He has a, a lot of knowledge and a lot of things. Really, politically, he's really strong in political knowledge, but that he's not limited to just political knowledge, but that is definitely one of his strong suits. Last, but certainly not least, I've been introduced to this uh, individual here recently. Her name is Dr. Karen Hunter. And man, she is also very awesome. You can find her on YouTube and also in class with Karen Hunter and Dr. Greg Carr can be found on YouTube on Saturdays. So these are just a few of the individuals that are huge influences in my life. And like I said, this is not just for those of African-American descent or people of color, but for anybody who wants to expand their knowledge, their know-how and their understanding, who wants to be different, who wants to know things beyond, unfortunately, the white dominated, dominated media who gets its uh, basis out of systemic issues in this country. So there you have it. Bonus information. Go check out these individuals. I guarantee you will grow from them. Oh, last but certainly not least, let me say, they all come from different perspectives, but they all have their own ideologies on how the black community can prosper. So different perspectives, but all have the same goal, and that's prospering the black community.